When you're working and you want or need money, you can do things like work overtime, get a new job, or even take a second job. In retirement, your opportunities for more money are limited, and Social Security isn't enough. On today's show, we'll highlight five sources of retirement income. Welcome in to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. This is the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. Steve is a best-selling author, Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He is president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions. Uh, he is a speaker sought after around the country to teach other advisors how to do what he does and uh, so much more. Hi, Steve. How are you? Hi, how are you doing, Steve? Good evening. Good, good, good. Um, you know, this is good because, you know, we've said many times, and you you tell it very well, that, you know, income is really the, the, the cornerstone for any retirement. We've got to have that money. And so we put together a list of, of a few things that maybe you wouldn't think about as income, but they, they are. And uh, topping that list is a health savings account. Steve, where do you fall on that? You like them? I like them a lot. And I was actually just talking to a client who is within two years of retirement and they have a health savings available to them and they hadn't been taking advantage of it. I said, you need to, especially if you want to retire prior to 65, you know, that gap between when you retire and when Medicare kicks in, it's good to have some money saved up. So the health savings is a, a way to do that. Uh, and you can do up to $7,200 per family. Uh, per year. So that's, uh, that's something you should be taking advantage of. Now, I want to kind of distinguish that from a flex spending account. So you might be familiar with flex spending, flex spending, you need to spend the money by the end of the year. So that's the type of account where like, if you don't use it, you lose it. And a lot of times people will go and buy themselves like a pair of sunglasses or something like that at, at LensCrafters so they don't lose the money. Um, health savings account carries over from year to year. So you can actually save uh, very much the same way you would you would be saving for retirement. And again, the the, the other caveat there is that uh, you've got to have a high deductible health plan, which isn't a surprise. Most people do, I guess, at this point. And and again, that money, if you use it for medical, it, it goes in uh, after tax, right? No, it goes mm -hmm. in pre-tax if you get it from your employer, right? Right, and then you're it's coming out tax free, and it's coming out tax free. It. So I mean, it's uh, okay. So it goes in w before taxes. It comes out no taxes, and and uh, it grows if you if you put the money in the right place, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's the other benefit of it, is you can invest the money, and we you know the high deductible plan usually actually makes sense for most of us. Where we've been kind of programmed in our head to take the low deductible because we don't want the risk of of a high deductible. But if you're just doing basic preventative stuff like your normal screenings and physicals, you're probably not even hitting your deductible most years. So the high deductible plan is really a is really a not that big of a, a detriment. Sure, and um, and again, once you turn sixty five, that's the other thing is once you turn sixty five, you can no longer contribute to an HSA. So if you're in your fifties and you have a high deductible plan and you're going to be able and you're going to keep that, I would say load that sucker up, huh? No, absolutely. I mean, it's it's important because if you're, especially if you're planning on, like I said, planning on retiring prior to 65, you want to get in as much money in that health savings as possible. Sure. All right. So we're hearing a lot about dividends, stock dividends. Is that a place where we can count on money? 
Uh, it, it is to the extent that you're investing in good companies that have predictable earnings. What I don't like is when, uh, and you see this more often with transaction-based uh, financial advisors, where you're you're buying one of these closed-end dividend-paying funds. They might say, "Hey, I have this new offering. It's going to pay a nine or eight, you know, ten percent dividend." Um, if if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. A lot of those funds build in a lot of money for the underwriter and the uh, and the advisor and that so immediately um, after you buy it the price the price of the shares actually goes down so yes you're getting your dividend but you're losing money on your principal but if you're in solid dividend paying stocks um, you know the um, you know the blue chip type companies that you know will pay you a solid dividend uh, or if you're in a couple utility stocks things of that nature companies like Verizon that pay, you know, strong dividends, um, that, that can be a, another source of income because right now you're not getting any interest in the bank. So all you really need is for the dividends to exceed, um, the, you know, to exceed what you're making in the bank and for the principal to stay somewhat level over time. So dividends can be a good, a very good source of investments and can be another nice source of income in retirement. Well, and if you don't need the money, you can just reinvest it and keep it growing, huh? You could do it that way as well. If you don't need the money, absolutely, you could invest it. Um, and that's where you'd want to look at your goals. And that's why we spend so much time talking about what you want your money to do for you. Because if your goal is, is basically to grow the money and you're not planning on touching it, you may be better served actually in stocks that don't pay as high a dividends because some of those companies are a little bit more growthy and the price per share should hopefully appreciate faster. Okay. So you have to look at the total return, but um, in terms of, of just purely income to live on it, there are a lot of companies out there that pay, that pay pretty predictable dividends and have been increasing their dividends over time. And those are the types of companies you want to do. What I would stay say is just kind of stay away from the kind of more gimmicky products where where they're offering like an eight or nine percent dividend, um, and it's usually, like I said, it's usually one of these closed-end funds. The reason they're able to offer you that large of a dividend is because they're using leverage, meaning that they're borrowing money and investing it. And when the markets go down, those stock, those type of funds get hammered. Mm -hmm. And um, you you want to buy safe, stable stocks and and collect the dividends. And even if it's three or four or five percent, that's still a lot better than what you're getting in in a bank or in a bond right now. So um, that's that's the way to go. 800-705-9995. That's the number that can get you started, folks. And so we're talking about other sources of income into retirement. Um, interest, is that, boy, that doesn't seem, <laughs> I mean, I think it's in there because at one point interest was a big deal, but of late, it certainly has not been a big deal. Yeah, no, interest is not a big deal. I mean, with interest rates going up, potentially down the road, interest rates might be a little bit better in the bank. But I think it will take a long time before the bank starts raising what they're paying on on bank accounts. I mean, you're, you're lucky if you can get a quarter of a percent interest rate now in the bank. Sure. And so, um, you know. I wouldn't be counting on interest the way that maybe previous generations have, have done. Like my parents did. <laughs> exactly. Now, you can do like I-bonds, which, uh, but you're capped at $10,000 a year, and those will pay a little bit more interest. Um, so that's that's something that you could look into on um, the Treasury Direct. Um, 
but again, you're capped at ten thousand dollars into into something like that. Sure. Well, and again, um, you know, we can talk about our home as well. I mean, that's uh, you know, there's equity that builds up, but there's other other ways that you can make money in your home as well if you choose to stay there in retirement. Yeah. So there's um, you know, and if you especially if you have a, a vacation home, right? So if you have multiple homes, there's a potential there, right? So there's there's um, a potential to to rent it out uh, in the in the times where you're not using it. So I have a lot of clients that maybe have a beach house and maybe they only want to use it one month of the year and they'll rent it out the other times. And now it's a lot easier to do that with things like Airbnb or VRBO. Sure. Um, to, so I don't know that you want to necessarily do that with your primary residence. Right. Yeah, I don't if, know either. If, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why don't we invite folks to call and, and uh, come on in and, and have that conversation with Steve? Yeah, no, that's uh, we every week we uh, offer 15 free spots to our listeners where we will put together a comprehensive retirement distribution plan. Absolutely free. And uh, you have nothing to lose, everything to gain, get some peace of mind, and we would love to hear from you. 800-705-9995. You heard Steve, 15 callers right now. It will get you that comprehensive financial review. You'll see where you are today. But what's important is you're going to have that roadmap that we talk about, that guide that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-705-9995. Again, 800-705-9995. No matter what the market does, we still have to save for retirement. On today's show, we'll outline four ways your retirement strategy should change after you turn 50. And we are back on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Of course, uh, Steve is president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions. And uh, you can find more on his website. I encourage you to visit it. It's laurelws.com. That's laurelws.com. And uh, all right, you got my attention. Right. Turning 50, that's a big deal, no matter what, because that sort of gets us on the uh, on the retirement track. That's uh, what, what we like to call the financial red zone, right? It is. Uh, and one of the big things about 50, and, and this is not everyone, some people have children later in life, but I mean, a lot of times uh, your children are either in college at that point or finishing college. Um, and so one of your big expenses is starting to um, go away. And now you can replace that money that you were spending on that with with maybe increasing your savings for retirement. So even if you haven't saved a ton and you, maybe you're in your early 50s, um, this is a time where you can start to plug more money away and get caught up. Right. And and so one of the, the, the things that you want to first do is is know what you have. And you'd be shocked. I mean, in meeting with people, how many people don't even know what they have? Um they say, oh, I think I still have a plan from this old job or, and maybe it's only a few thousand dollars, but sometimes it's, sometimes there are significant accounts that people have just forgotten about or they've done nothing with. They've just left it there to, uh, and they don't even look at the statements. Uh, so, I mean, they have no idea what it's worth because they're not really paying attention. They're focused on their day-to-day -day activities. So if I've got a couple of different 401ks out there and, and is that something you can help us do? In other words, will you help us bring those things together and, and put them in one spot? Yeah. So that's what, one of the things that we do with all of our clients is we're going to track down what you have and we're going to get it organized. And we're not necessarily going to change things for changes for change sake. But I mean, with the market being as volatile as it is, I mean, a lot of times you might have just picked something, you know, like a, an international fund. Um, not even thinking because 
maybe at the time you opened the account, International was doing the best, so you put it in there and then you forgot about it. Well, International hasn't been doing well for several years, and now with all the unrest um, overseas lately, um, it looks like International is probably going to continue to trend downwards. So um, these are little things that you can spot um, if you take a little bit more active approach in managing your money, and that's something you definitely want to do um, and be more engaged with with your money once you you get into your 50s because you're, you're obviously getting closer to the time when you're going to spend it. 800-705-9995, that's the number. And uh, you're talking about uh, the mindset of spending it. And so by the time you get to 50, you've saved a lot, let's say, let's say you've been a good saver. Uh, and it start to, it's time to start thinking about what you do so well, and that is distribution and preservation. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you, you have to have a strategy on how you're going to distribute, because if you don't, you end up paying taxes unnecessarily, meaning you end up putting yourself in a higher tax bracket than you need to be. Uh, that's number one. Number two is you end up paying unnecessary fees. So when you're saving for retirement, you're less concerned about fees because you're, you have time and maybe you see the account growing and you're not worried about what the actual internal fees are in the, in the products. When you get to retirement, a, every dollar you're paying less in expenses is an extra dollar you could be spending. And so, um, most mutual funds or most actively managed portfolios, which most of us have in our 401k, and um, some of us have financial advisors who put us in, you know, actively managed mutual funds as well. Um, most of those funds are going to be charging you somewhere between three quarters of a percent all the way up to 2%. And if you had the unmanaged index like a Vanguard fund, you might be paying five one hundredths of a percent. So that doesn't seem like a lot, but now if you've if you've accumulated a million dollars in your your four hundred one k and you're paying one and a quarter percent, you're paying twelve thousand five hundred dollars a year, whereas you could be paying something like five hundred dollars a year on the same portfolio in index funds, wow. and so and you know and that's when when people see that and people look at it in dollars, it's a lot easier to make common sense decisions and. Does this manager consistently beat the index? Most of the time, the answer to that is going to be no, right? So if you're paying a manager, they should be doing something for that money. And so, right. um, you know, that it, it, it seems like common sense, but it's, it's one of those things that uh, a lot of times we don't use common sense on. All right, I understand. 800-705-9995. And then we got to start thinking about Social Security. And uh, the, the claiming strategy there is really uh, so important. And, and again, with the experience that you have and the changes that have taken place, you still, I mean, you still are really on top of it in terms of creating the, maximizing our Social Security, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, this is, this is really important. This is the area where most retirees make, make a mistake. Because again, we don't use common sense. We make this decision on when to start social security based on anecdotal data. Meaning you have a friend or someone that you know that worked their whole life uh, and then retired and passed away two years into retirement. And you say, that's not gonna be me. I'm gonna get my money right away. Um, statistically, you're most likely gonna live into your 80s. So the greater chances that you're gonna live into your mid 80s if you take Social Security at 62 versus taking it at full retirement, the break-even age is 76. 
So it, most of us are going to live past 76 if we've made it to 62 and we're in reasonably good health. Um, the break-even between 62 and age 70 is 80 years and six months. Again, the majority of us who make it to 62 are going to make it into our 80s. So statistically, the numbers favor you taking Social Security later. Um, and it's, it's so critical that you have a strategy and this is one of the things that we work on. And if, if you're one of the people who calls in and we put together a plan for you, this is one of the things that we'll look at and we'll, we'll figure out the right claiming strategy for you. And it's so important to do that. Sure. But like you said, most Americans get it wrong. And, and so and, and that's a decision that once you make it, it's pretty hard to change it. No, absolutely. And, you know, it also factors into your other investments. Right. So when you start Social Security, is also going to have a factor on how conservative you want to be with your other investments. So okay. if, if, you're de- if you're deciding to delay Social Security, well, then the income that you're going to need to live on while you're delaying Social Security has to come from your investment portfolio. So in that situation, you'd want to carve out a little bit more of your investments into more conservative assets because you're going to be spending that money sooner. So what we always look at is the timing of when the money is going to be spent. So money that is not going to be spent for five or 10 years down the road, that's money that you can comfortably take some risk on and be in things like stocks. Um, Now, if you're retiring at say 65 and you're deciding to delay your social security to 70, well, then you're gonna need to have something something conservative to withdraw from for those five years until you start social security. And so it's really about which, which, which horse do you ride first? Do you take the social security? or do you pull from your investments? And the only way to really to really know what the right strategy is, is to sit down and do a plan. And um, I think we still have about eight spots left. So if you call in, we'll do that absolutely free for you, no obligation. Great opportunity, folks. Don't let it slip by. Steve is happy to sit down with you and get that financial roadmap put together once and for all. A practical financial review. I know a lot of you looking for a second opinion. It's time to have a second set of eyes. Look at that plan. Things have changed, and Steve can help make the tweaks you need. 800-705-9995. You'll get that comprehensive financial review. You'll see where you are today, but more importantly, you end up with a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be. 800 705 9995 again 800 705 When we come back, we'll look at five ways retirement is scarier than many seniors expected. back on the retirement referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. And of course, this is the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls, having a great conversation. We just talked about Social Security and how most people get it wrong. It's important to, I mean, these decisions are big and they're life-changing and that's where Steve comes in. He can help you uh, and, you know, get to the where you need to be. And you've been doing this for a long time. You're a fiduciary, you're independent, you're, um, again, you're you're not trying to have the biggest operation in the country. What you're looking for is to build relationships with your clients, as you have done over the years. Right. No. It's for the, to do this type of planning, you have to be actively engaged with your clients, and you need to be know you need to know what's going on in their life. Because as when you retire, you don't have the ability to go out and really earn more income. So as changes happen in your life, it affects your finances a lot more. 
So you want to be engaged and you want to be making changes and you want to be monitoring how your spending is going. And, and it's, it's helpful to have a guide at this stage of your life. It's not as necessary, believe it or not, when you're in your 30s, even though the financial firms would like you to think that, because you can overcome mistakes because you have the benefit of time. So if you're putting money into your 401k every single pay period, and the market goes down while well, you're buying more shares when the market goes down and eventually it'll come back up. The opposite is true when you start looking at retirement. You don't have time to make it back up. So if you have a, you have a gyration like what we experienced in February and January, um, you know, that, that it's, it's nice to know or have someone who you're working with who can tell you, hey, look, even with what, what just happened, your plan is still on track. And that gives you a lot of peace of mind. And so that's, and we're gonna talk about some of the big concerns that are out there. I mean, a couple of them are obvious. Um, and you know, some of them, uh, you know, if you watch the State of the Union address, the, the president you know, spoke about a lot of these things that we're gonna talk about uh, now. Well, and again, what we're talking about here is that there was a survey done of uh, Americans, about 1,500 Americans between 60 and 75 years old, done by the American Advisors Group. And uh, the concerns are exactly what you just said, uh, Steve, in terms of inflation. That is number one on our list of concerns, and it seems like it's out of control. It does seem like it's kind of spiraling out of control with the um, with inflation and you know, it, it's nerve wracking when you are are going to the pump and you're 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 paying to fill up your car. You're paying forty something dollars. It's a little disconcerting, and so um, especially you know if you were used to paying twenty or twenty five dollars. So um, and then also it's not just it's not just gas. It's also your heating oil. It's also um, you know it, it's also your food. So everything's going up. Uh, in cost. And a lot of times retirees have not even planned for inflation because unfortunately, as a financial community, a lot of advisors have dropped the ball because inflation has been dormant for so long that they say, oh, it's not something you really need to worry about. Of course, you're going to keep pace with inflation. Well, I, you know, I don't know that we're going to have seven or 8% inflation for long term, but I think it's pretty safe to say that inflation is going to settle in at at least around 3%. I don't think it's going back down to one or below 1% where it's been for some time um, prior to this whole pandemic. Sure. Well, and again, you know, the Fed's talking about, uh, you know, raising interest rates in the next few weeks and, and that that also could impact inflation. Yeah, no, of course. And so they're gonna try and fight inflation because that's their, their, their primary objective. But then you also have to remember that whenever you have conflicts, right? Um, even re releasing oil, you know, uh, from the strategic reserve, if you have a big producer that's no longer producing, um, that drives up the price because it's supply and demand, right? If you have less supply, um, it's going to bring up the prices. Now, the good news is, is that we, we are getting through some of the bottlenecks that uh, we experienced during COVID as kind of COVID is taking kind of a backstage, but we will still see some inflation and it's it's very concerning when you're living on a fixed income. And especially if you were following some of these retirement rules of thumb where you put your age in bonds or so um, the old style of advice would be if you were 70 years old to be 70% in bonds. Well, that's completely wrong. 
because if you were 70% in bonds right now, you're 70% of your money's in a losing asset class. And even the interest that you're getting from the bonds is not keeping pace with inflation. So that's why it's imperative to be meeting with someone who's designing an allocation tailored to your actual needs and who's factoring in things like inflation and, and able to tell you, hey, look, even with this, uh, this level of inflation in at, at this tax rate, you'll still be okay. And having, that, having those numbers really, really provides you a lot of peace of mind. So we're talking about this survey, and uh, one of the other pieces, of 53% of those surveyed say the cost of living is higher than they anticipated. That seems to be uh, pretty normal, although it's shocking sometimes when, you know, what we think things are going to cost us over a given period of time, it's a little bit eye-opening when they cost a lot more or, yeah, no, or things come up. Yeah, no, it's so this is one that strikes almost all retirees, believe it or not. So we go in to retirement thinking our expenses are going to stay the same. And one of the things that we don't realize is that healthcare inflates much faster than general inflation. And even if you're healthy, you're going to consume more healthcare because you're paying, you're paying for your, your health insurance and that's going up at a much faster rate. So your expenses are, are going to be higher. And then if you haven't properly planned for it, and I have a whole section on this in my book, you can become very bitter in retirement. And you might have seen, you might have been in the store one time and seen someone who's very angry about the price of something at the register or whatnot. And they're yelling at the poor, the poor cashier saying, what do you mean I owe $10 for, all I bought was bananas and milk. So, you know, but um, it's just because they have a price in their head and they're frustrated because their income is not going up the same as their expenses. And so it's, if you plan for a risk, you're in a much better spot when that risk actually happens. If you plan for a risk and it doesn't occur, you just have more money, which is not the worst thing in the world. So better to plan more conservatively, and uh, and you know, and then you know, if you if you overplan for a risk, again, the the worst case scenario is you just end up having more money. So well, you hit on um, something there too that I I like when you talked about the uh, income. You know, your your income doesn't change, but the beauty of what you do when you put that plan together, the income that that you set up and, and that we, you know, that you make with our savings that grows year over year. So it, it, like you said, it stays pace with inf inflation that doesn't happen by accident. Right? No, it's, it's what we call a total return approach. So we're looking at by segmenting your assets into, into the timing of when you're going to use them, then we can look at the overall return of your portfolio. And what we want is that overall return to keep pace or exceed inflation. Uh, so that you can maintain the same lifestyle in retirement in terms of purchasing power. So when we're putting together our plans, we're always looking in terms of purchasing power, not in terms of uh, actual income. Setting up that income plan and really the overall plan, that's something that gives us confidence that we can go into retirement. And I think that becomes a crucial part as well. No, it's, it's a huge part. That's the, the peace of mind that we help create by putting together a plan. And that's something we, we offer our listeners every week, and we have about four spots left. 800-705-9995. You'll get that comprehensive financial review, plus all the extras that Steve talks about. You talk about an income analysis. We talk about a portfolio x-ray. We talk about Social Security analysis. All of that is no cost, no obligation. Simply make that call to get things started. 800-705-9995. Again, 800-705-9995. 
We're crafting answers to your questions. Details when we come right back. We're back on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. And, of course, Steve's best-selling author, Cookie Cut This, Retirement Strategies for the Nonconformist, president of found, and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions, uh, 20 years-plus experience. He's a fiduciary, and independent. All the things that, to me, those that's what I want in an advisor, a fiduciary, an independent, and somebody with experience. That's going to help get me to the where to the retirement that I want. Yeah, no, and that's it's so important. We talk about it a lot on the show. But if you're working with someone who's got some type of ulterior motive, um, it can cloud their judgment. So if you're working, and not uh, not that commission based advisors are bad uh, because they're not fiduciaries, there's plenty of good commission based advisors out there. It's just you, it makes you have to second guess any advice that you get. Are they doing it because they're getting a commission, or are they doing it? because it's the right thing to do. And so when you're working with a, an advisor who's a fiduciary, they're obligated to put their, your best interests first and, um, and to explain to you when there is conflicts of interest. Okay. Well, and again, that's what you do. That just goes without saying. And, you know, I wish everybody were like that. But and for the most part, I think we try to do the right thing. But, uh, you know, I do a segment on another show called Brokers Behaving Badly. It's a lot of bad, <laughs> a lot of bad advisors out there. No, it's, it's unfortunate. It's, I mean, it's in every industry. There's always a, a handful of people who don't do things the right way that, that make it difficult for everyone else. But. Exactly. All right. Well, hey, I'm sorry. Let's get into some of these questions here. I'm leading you down a different path. Uh, we've got Jane, and uh, she's wondering, she says, I have, I'm 50. I have 14 years remaining on a 15-year mortgage rate under 3%. Should I pay off my mortgage now or keep making payments, realizing that if inflation remains high, I can pay off my mortgage over time with cheaper dollars? I could invest my current funds in conservative high-yield stocks at about 5%. Uh, Jane, great question. It, we'd have to look at what your your cash is and where the money is invested. I mean, if you're um, if you have 14 years remaining and you only have a you have a rate under three percent, my initial instinct would be to keep the mortgage because the rate is really low and chances are you are going to beat that in your investments. Now, you could look at your growth piece of your portfolio and say, hey, I have these stocks that are getting me more than 5%. What I'm actually looking at um, is how much you have in conservative funds, right? So um, if you have, say your mortgage is $100,000, uh, the balance on it, and you, you have 100,000 in your conservative fund, um, should you invest that $100,000 in your conservative fund to try and beat the interest? No, because you want to, you always want to have a conservative fund. Um, you always want to have a cushion in cash because liquidity is, is key in retirement. And so you don't want to sacrifice your liquidity or have too much of your, your liquidity tied up in stocks. So even though the stock, your stock investments are typically liquid, they're, they're volatile. So you don't want to have to sell at, the, at an inopportune time. And that's what I mean by that. All right. So uh, it's one of those things that we would look at in, in, in doing a plan. And I, you know, I encourage you to sit down. 
All right, uh, Jane, if you want to know some more, uh, 800-705-9995, that's the number you can call. Let's see. Let's keep going here. George uh, says, what should I do with RMD funds after paying taxes if there is currently no need for the funds and I want them to grow with limited risk? So, I mean, there's a couple different things, George, that you could do. It depends on what you want uh, your money to do. Like, is the money earmarked for the next generation? So when you say you're not spending your RMD, um, that means that that RMD is money that's ultimately probably still going to be with you at the time of your passing. So that's a situation where it would kind of tie into your estate plan. So if your money, for example, is earmarked for a charity, maybe there are things that we could do today with that that RMD that will get you current tax benefits. Um, if if it's earmarked for the next generation, well, maybe there. Are, maybe you shouldn't be investing it with limited risk if it's money that's never going to be spent if it's earmarked for someone who's 20 or 25 years younger than you. So um, that's a situation where you would really want to make that decision in the context of a plan. Okay. But it, it's nice to know that there are options out there with the, with the RMDs. And that, again, that's, a, that's, a way, that's something that gets tricky for a lot of folks. It does. I mean, a lot of people actually end up spending their RMDs um, but now if you've accumulated uh, a seven-figure balance, sometimes you'll want to spend part of your RMD, but there's another portion of it that you're not spending and that you're just taking and having to pay the taxes on. And so in that situation, we want to look at strategies that I would say are, are kind of quasi-estate planning strategies because if we know that there's more money coming in than what you need to spend and money that's not going to be spent during your lifetime, then we should logically look at who the money is going to go to at the end of your lifetime. <laughs> so, right. um, and it, it, are there are there ways to take advantage of that today to potentially save you some extra money on taxes or um, save your beneficiaries some money on taxes? So, all right, uh, it, everything ties in together. It's all part of the plan, the overall plan. That's what you do. 800-705-9995, uh, George, if you want to know some more uh, and maybe get that plan put in place. Glenn is uh, up next. Glenn says, I'm planning to retire at 62, but I won't collect Social Security until I'm 67. Will I still get increased benefits even though I hadn't worked the last five years? So your benefits will be higher because it's there's penalties if you basically if you start early. So it, it's, they're going to the the number at 62 is necessarily going to be about 60 25 percent less than what the number would be at 67. Your Social Security, Glenn, is based off of your 35 best earnings years. So to the extent you've worked 35 peak peak years, the the difference is not going to be that dramatic. Um, if you've only put in, say, 30 good years and you had five years that were not so good, uh, well, the Social Security Administration, when they quote you that number at 67, they're assuming that you continue to work till 67 at that same earnings rate. So you'd have to do kind of an individual calculation based on your earnings history to see what the actual number would be at 67 if you don't um, if you don't continue working. Okay. Wow. Again, that's some great insight there, Steve. And I'll tell you what, we are uh, up against the clock once again. This has been a really fast show, but really good. I, there's a lot of tip, tips that I picked up. Uh, I hope uh, you folks at home did as well. Uh, 800-705-9995. What do you think? One last time, we invite folks to call. Yeah, let's, let's, let's hear from you. Um, 
we're, we're always love to hear from our listeners. We do have about three spots left and uh, we would love to sit down with you, put together a comprehensive retirement distribution plan. That sounds fantastic, folks. Here it is, your chance to sit down with Steve and, and put together a financial roadmap. Things can get complicated. We've already seen that just today and what we've been talking about. Just Social Security claiming strategy alone. That's complicated? Yes, Steve Smooth can help smooth it out and make it clear and easy to understand. It's an excellent chance for you to get a true practical financial review. And if you're listening, then call us, 800-705-9995. You'll get that comprehensive financial review that Steve just described. You'll see where you are today, but more importantly, it does become a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. Steve, this has been a great show. I, I really did pick up a lot of tips today. Yeah, no, we love, we love doing the show and we'll be back here next Sunday evening. And uh, thank you for listening, Orlando. information on this program is educational in nature and is not intended to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, or other purposes. Information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of subjects discussed. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should always seek advice from a financial, insurance, legal, or tax professional that takes into account all of the particular facts and circumstances of an investor's own situation. Laurel Wealth Solutions and or Stephen Caruso offer investment advisory and financial planning services through Bellpoint Asset Management LLC, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Registration with SEC should not be construed to imply that the SEC has approved or endorsed qualifications or the services Bellpoint Asset Management offers, or that its personnel possesses a particular level of skill, expertise, or training. Coach P. Ray.